0: National battle. The difference between down 0-3 and holding form with Game 4 this weekend is razor thin, blaze thin, Kachuk, and Verhage, and we have a series. Also Heat and Nuggets and Court burn at Game 4, and Bryce Young named QB1 already. Let's go! So we have QB1 and we have the Panthers. QB1, the Panthers. Anyone brought Hockey number one. this is a Friday night show buddy Gary show please. Explosions in the sky. Thank you. Hockey fans are like this is crazy. How do the Panthers live like this? The Panthers and Panther fans are like what are you talking about? This is the only way we know how to live for the game. They had 23 shots. They had nothing on the penalty but but when it mattered most could Chuck with two minutes to go and we in overtime. Emily Kaplan, you're covering this series, of course, for ESPN on what the Panthers showed you last night and what it means for this series.
1: Well, even though hockey is the ultimate team sport, you need your best players to be your best players. Sergey Bobrovsky, the goalie, is pulled in game two after allowing eight goals in four and a half periods. And then lo and behold, we're all wondering okay, are they making a goalie switch? Paul Morris's coach laughs at us. He makes fun of the media saying, You guys are inventing storylines there's too much time in the off days. And he was right. Bob was fantastic. <laughs> then you have Matthew Kachuk. He has 36 penalty minutes in the first two games, but zero one goal rather. That is his ninth most all time in Stanley Cup final. History, despite just playing two games, the team itself was just a little undisciplined. Get involved in all these things after the whistle. His coach says are too physical. They pulled that back, even though the refs were very whistle happy in this game. They showed discipline, got into it. So we have a series now. That said, I think Vegas was still the better team for large parts of this. They're still the more disciplined team, still the deeper team. So I still like them, but we have a series. Okay,
0: and I appreciate that. But to drill down even further on last night. How did Florida turn it around when it was really once again back against the wall? It was 57 minutes. We're two minutes away from down 0-3 and looking for a sweep.
1: For me? Yes, please. Well, the way they do it is because they're clutch. They don't, they don't give up ever again. Like, the swagger of Matthew Kachuk is exactly what this team adopts. It's exactly what hockey needs. We need a superstar like this. And so even though Vegas is holding on to the lead and in the third period doesn't pull back, is playing really strong defensively, This is a team that's the cardiac kids, and and it's exciting and it's fun to watch.
0: You believe that. I'll turn to Courtney Cronin and how you believe one little comeback here and what it means, how the Panthers won. Is it a sign of life for them?
2: It is and I would think it was Matthew Kachuk who said that they had to win this game otherwise it was over. He wasn't giving them any sort of false hope had they not and he exited the first period with what we thought was a head injury. He comes back, he scores that goal. His dad's watching on, drinking a glass of red wine, LOVE to see it. But the Panthers in <laughs> overtime and Carter Hage are basically the shaking hands emoji because the two just go hand in hand. The Panthers now 7 and 0 in overtime this year and Carter Verhage F- uh, F- four I'm career I'm postseason goals, the most the most in Panthers history. They like to get these things done late, and they did it last Never night. Everyone know
0: this postseason, of course, are the Panthers in overtime. So I'll ask you, Pablo Tori, that one win is it a sign of life for this cardiac cats team?
3: Tony, it felt like an escape. I don't want to be the guy who is. Pressure testing cliches at every turn here. But you but really do, this do, is do a that, bunch of cliches. <laughs> but it is. I'm, I'm hearing clutch, I'm hearing cardiac kids, I'm hearing all of the stuff you say when the quantitative explanation is unsatisfactory, and you get to something deeper in this team. And yes, in the clutch they are amazing, but it also felt like desperation, it felt like a survivalist instinct that kicked in because all the things that were going wrong. I don't think we feel better about those things because it felt anomalous. But again, anomalies are what took them, you know, ahead of the Boston Bruins after being down 3-1. So I've seen it before. I just still don't quite know how to process it rationally.
0: And Justin Tinsley, that comeback, that win, sign of life here for Florida.
4: Absolutely. I say this so much on this show; it's my captain, obvious statement. But I'm gonna say it again. 3-0 is way different than 2-1. And we were 133 seconds away from seriously playing in a parade in Las Vegas. And the main reason it's a series again, and to Vegas' credit, they're great at this too. But Carolina, they are amazing in the most pressure-packed moments. To Chuck, seven of his 11 goals have come within, excuse me, yes, yeah, seven of his 11 goals have come within the third third period uh, or later in a game. They're 10-1 in one goal games and and if you go to overtime with this team you might as well save your skaters and cancel Christmas and just get ready for the next game so look respect all respect due to Las Vegas but uh, Florida is just as capable of winning this series and all prayers go to Emily Kaplan who now has to split her time between Las Vegas and Miami what a hard life to do.
0: (laughs) Emily I'll go back to you after the hoard.
1: Yeah, well I mean the reason that Pablo is having a hard time articulating this is because hockey is a sport predicated on randomness. It's why I love it. But I would say this, I wasn't gonna flex on you guys too hard, but I had the privilege of watching the game from the press box with Mark Messier, you might have heard him Hall of Famer. And the one thing that he kept pointing out. Oh, was how much Vegas was taking away the middle of the ice from Florida all game again. Like Florida kept themselves in it, but Vegas was just the better team. There's this quiet confidence about them. They let Dallas come back in the series too, and they figure out well, ways to Florida's close it Florida's
0: second line, how they controlled the faceoffs and how they controlled the puck and how they got the play from Stone again. I mean, it, I, I hear where you're going here for Game Four. You like you like Vegas in Game Four, Emily Kaplan.
1: I do. I just like Vegas in the series in general. And look, I mean, even if Florida can win Game Four, I just think that Vegas is a more structured team and the more complete team.
0: But you do appreciate games of random scoring, don't you? Whoa! What's happening well, that's here? That's Whoa! Whoa! No one knows. <laughs> that's why I'm here.
1: Oh. We'll Vuvuva,
0: <laughs> game four, Heat Nuggets. I don't need to say anymore. Okay, maybe just one thing. Tyler Hero not cleared to play, still ruled out again. And okay, maybe just one more, one more thing. Jamal Murray, did you see the court burn on his head? I mean, what are we talking about here? How is it? I know it's at a shooting hand, but you still need two hands tonight from Miami's perspective. Episode four, Pablo. How does the culture strike back?
3: So I'm still reeling from being out name dropped by Emily Kaplan. I thought I was gonna be the one to do that as the Elder Statesman on today's show. And I
1: supported but you.
3: When I watched when I watch these games, Tony, I, I marvel at again, yes, cliches becoming reality. And so for the Miami Heat, the actual quantitative explanation here is that you gotta hit your open threes. In the games they've lost, they've shot under 40% on wide-open threes. In the game that they won, yes, they're over 50%, close to 60%. So just do that to begin with. But then when it comes to, like, okay, we're going to turn this guy into a passer and this guy into a scorer, just don't turn the other two best players into a passer and a scorer and a rebounder. Just... Figure out a way to not get killed to combine almost 70 points by Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. So can you play a little defense, Live up to your cliches? Can you hit open shots, living up to the cliche of, you know, being a make-or-miss league? If you do that, you can steal a game.
0: Justin Tinsley, from Miami's perspective, to get right and even the
4: series. It's a lot of things. They have to be a better rebounding team. They have to be better in the paint. But honestly put all the X's and O's aside for a second. This has to be the Jimmy Butler game. He hasn't had a 30-point game since game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. And for the series, for the finals, for the entire finals, he's 10 of 11 from the free throw line. He probably needs to be 10 of 11 from the free throw line in the first half tonight. So the better Jimmy plays, the better everybody (laughs) else around him plays. And they need to make some open shots. They were 4 15 from Jimmy Butler passes in game three. They, this is a must-win for them tonight. I know the series is 2-1, to one, but if they go down 3-1, the, the next Miami Heat home game may be in the fall I because I don't that. see Denver losing uh, game five. 10 at of 11 free
0: throws line. in the first half. Wait a second. Is that Scott Foster's music I hear in Miami? Yes, it that is. That is. <laughs> is Scott Foster's music you hear. <laughs> Emily Kaplan, from Miami's That's perspective, things they need to do tonight. That's the number one thing.
1: Okay, well, allow me to flex one more time. As the only panelist here in Miami, I can say with confidence that the Heat team are all about work. So they're always going to have a fighter's chance. Truth is, Denver's just a better basketball team. Something Bat Riley always says is no rebounds, no rings. You cannot win when you're out rebounded by minus 25 differential, as Justin said. The thing about Miami is that they're a really scrappy team, but it's hard to scrap and claw your way back when your star player, Jimmy Butler, is nursing an injury, and you do have a team that you're playing against that's more physical and talented. So, the only way I see Miami winning this is if they hit a barrage of threes, but their three point shooting percentage in the last game
2: gives me zero confidence in that area. Gordy Cronin. You need more from Jimmy than just Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, but frankly, I don't know if they're going to be able to get that. The thing is, Jimmy Butler is getting downhill. It's just that the Nuggets are taking away his effectiveness as a passer. In game two, you saw there were 11 drives when he was passing, four assists came out of those in 10 points. In Game 3, there was none of that. Eight drives when he was passing, and all of those, turn, that turned absolutely into nothing. So to be able to find a way to work around that if the Nuggets do end up keying in on him again will be the key for Miami staying alive here. They are missing Tyler Hero, though, because they do not have the consistency from where they're trying to find some explosion offensively in Duncan Robinson, Max Strus, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent.
0: Mm-hmm. Pablo Torre, back in.
3: Yeah, it's just the Jamal Murray question to me, Tony. Like, he was a subplot until the last game, and then you realize what happens if that guy is just that guy? What happens if they have a guy who can drop you? Yeah, 30 points on your head. Like, I don't think Jimmy and Bam are talented enough to keep up. With Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. That's just a, that's a talent gap. And you gotta out scrap, out cliche them and I don't think you can do uh, that. Okay,
0: you're really walking into banned phrases left and right today, Pablo. Uh, make a pick for tonight, Justin Sinsley. Miami. Emily Kaplan.
1: Nuggets, home court advantage means nothing. Miami's lost three straight at home. Cordy Cronin.
2: I've got Miami tonight.
1: Pablo
0: Torre. Denver. All right, Lee, split from the panel, taking a break right here. Buy or sell on the other side. Did you just say another banned word? What are you trying to do today, Pablo? (laughs) Friday afternoon, getting early out? Is that what it is? He's point shaving.
2: Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly, part of happy hour.
5: What's up, kiddos? I'm Clinton Yates of Around the Horn. Whenever I go to cover games or attend events in Los Angeles, I'm always keeping my eye out for the best-dressed person in the room. I saw Diego Luna at the Andor Red Carpet launch event, Star Wars, folks, and he looked head of state fresh. Now you can also be that person, too, whether you're sitting courtside, attending a fancy dinner, or going to a wedding. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks for way, way less. They start at just $4.99. With Indochino, you can design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, etc., a tailored fit from home. Set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code HORN to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code HORN.
6: It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. History
0: will be on the line this weekend in France. Novak Djokovic today in four sets over Carlos Alcaraz. Alcaraz did hit this amazing shot before, he cramped and walked off 6-1, 6-1 in the final two. It was over. Djokovic now on the precipice of number 23, which will break the tie with Nadal, put him number one all time for men. Pablo, I'll open up the whole menu for you here. Buy or sell today's result, buy or sell the cramping of it all. Buy or sell what's at stake for Djokovic here?
3: Yeah, Tony, I'm selling the game that Alcaraz got docked because of the cramps. The guy was competing in 85-degree weather, and his hand cramped up, his leg cramped up, and it turns out that in tennis, none of that qualifies as a medical concern. And so he was penalized for being, I guess, both honest about what was happening to him and also for being the imperfect meat sack that is the human body. Not his fault. That should be a thing that you can claim and get actual understanding from the officials for.
0: The, the ruling here that he lost the game like that yes. also we had the cramps the and how it affected what everyone was ready for to be an amazing match here. So looking forward Pablo no buy or sell Djokovic
3: in this run here for 23. Oh Man I mean the guy is machine like Tony there are many reasons to not like the guy but his greatness truly is is now unambiguous, so yeah, he is at the very top, arguably, at the very least on the- Well, don't look at me, arguably, make a stand here. Buy or sell him
0: being number one all time if he gets to number one all time
3: in the Men's Grand Slam a, singles. A, a begrudging number one all time, yes, I will buy that,
4: Begrudging don't need to begrudge us. Justin Tinsley, how about you? I'm buying it all time. Uh, his seventh Grand Slam in the last eight tournaments with six titles. He hasn't lost to a player under the age of 21 since Nadal in 07 when he was 20. And if he wins on su- Sunday, he'll be the first man with three titles in all four majors. Uh, yeah, that's a goat resume if you ask me.
0: Amazing piece of information you gave there because this was the master and a pupil in some way or at least the older generation and younger. He had never Alcaraz 20. You think that would be an advantage, but he was the one cramping up. Emily Kaplan, how about you?
1: I just love that uh, Pablo is the elder statesman here and acting like he's never been on the show before. Uh, What I'm buying is that Joker's on top right now, but we're gonna look back on this as the big three era. Yeah, begrudgingly. Here, you know what the narrative is, I'll help you out here. Uh The narrative is that this is the big three era, but. What I'm also buying is that there's a new era and you can see the respect that Djokovic had for this kid. Like, when he hit that shot, all Djokovic could do was laugh. And when he cramped up, Djokovic came over to check if he was okay, and I thought that was a really cool sign of respect.
0: Cordy Crodin, this weekend, if he gets to 23, is Djokovic number one all time?
2: Yeah I don't think anybody can argue that but it doesn't mean that Carlos Alcaraz when he figures out this cramping issue won't be clipping at his heels. I'm buying what Nick Curios tweeted that once he can sort out whether it's nervous energy like Pablo mentioned whether he's you know playing in 85 degree weather when he gets that issue sorted out everyone should be scared because that shot alone that Emily just referenced for him to have the ability to get to the back of the court Flip his body around, defy physics, and then answer with that shot. That's incredible stuff.
0: We'll move on. Buy or sell two, Carolina Panthers naming Bryce Young QB1. Frank Reich making the call before the preseason, before training camp. Courtney, debate. Is a June announcement too soon or just the right time for Bryce Young?
2: It's the right time if you're sticking to your timeline and this is the exact timeline that general manager Scott Fitter and head coach Frank Reich imagined after trading the number one pick, which meant they were going to go get trading for the number one pick to go get Bryce Young. It's a good sign for the Carolina Panthers that they are sticking to their timeline because it means everything is going according to plan. Bryce Young is the guy that you thought he was and they're not messing around with this and overcomplicating and trying to throw some always oh, got to earn it. No, you got him with the number one overall pick. He is your starter this the season. I'm buying
1: that we have to go through the whole song or dance. Will they? Won't they? But what I'm selling is that what we've seen time again in the NFL is first-round quarterbacks when rushed into action often struggle with the pressure and expectations. The reason the Panthers drafted number one is because they're a bad football team. So I'm not sure he's even still set up for success.
0: Justin Tinsley.
4: Yeah I'm definitely buying it. and I love the fact that his teammates are all singing the praises of him he has a really good relationship with Andy Dalton his backup quarterback which I think is a huge key and all that they've got a gr- great coaching staff around him a veteran uh, offensive line they're putting the pieces around him to succeed so, uh, if you're a Panthers fan you should be excited
3: Pablo Torre. I buy this because this is a decision made because of us, because of us people in the media. They don't want us arguing about the question should he start or not? They got it out of the way immediately to handicap future B blocks on Around the Horn. That is the veteran segment. <laughs> buy or sell three, Oklahoma
0: 3P, the dynasty and the domination. So, Emily, here's the debate. This Oklahoma team, the most dominant team in sports right now, buy or sell.
1: Absolutely I mean think about the other standard like Travis Kelsey is saying oh I hope that Patrick Mahomes can win as many rings as Steph Curry step only won three in five years at their peak. It feels like we can only have one really dominant team at a time whether it's UConn the US women's soccer team Alabama or Georgia but this team is outscoring teams 1500 runs in this run like it's insane what they're doing. They're outscoring teams how many runs in this three uh, championship run. As many points as you're about to give me. One, five, zero, zero. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Good line, but you're not getting that. That would be the record. Justin Sisley, how about you? In the last three seasons, I'm looking at my notes. Oklahoma is 176 and eight. With three titles, they're batting as a team 381 with, with nine runs a game, 433 home runs with a team ERA okay. of okay. 1.3. This yeah. isn't dominance. This is a dictatorship.
0: <laughs> All, right. All right. So since when then? Since I'm sensing everyone. Since the last three seasons. Georgia the football's three? won two straight, but this is three straight. Mm-hmm. They've won 53 straight. Since UConn basketball, since UCLA basketball, since Oklahoma football, going back when. Bob LaTore?
3: Yeah, I'll stay local to me. Like, why aren't they just the 27 Yankees at this point, Tony? They are as good, as dominant as we have seen in any sport like this one. They have the best pitching staff, the best offense, the best defense. And they are, by the way, something really cool in women's sports. We should embrace more. They're just villains at this point. They are too good. They must be stopped and no one can. It's okay to root against them. They've earned that right too. 40 kroner.
2: No team in division one softball history has won three in a row since like the 1990s. It's been 30 years so very clearly in the softball realm they are head and shoulders above everybody else. I think Justin said this earlier I'm going to copy him on this Oklahoma a softball school no longer a football school.
0: (laughs) Tinsley had the line first, but you didn't use it, Justin. You didn't use it. I'll give Courtney a little credit, but it (laughs) did North Carolina soccer. I mean, we're in such a rarefied air here when you're talking about the winning streaks and the championships back to back to back. All right, thank you for your time today, Courtney Cronin. And Pablo, you also were on today's show. Emily Cavlin, Justin Tinsley, showdown in two minutes.
3: Must be 21 plus plus present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour.
0: Emily Kaplan, Justin Tinsley, good luck in showdown. It is June 9th. No one could dispute that. However, is it late enough for you to say... Atlanta just buried the Mets. What a raucous series sweep. Just soul-snatching comebacks and blown leads from New York. A bottom ninth missile, the 10th inning walk-off last night. Look at the reaction. Emily, was this series more about where Atlanta's going or where the Mets are
1: going? Uh, it's about the Mets. In a week that New York thought it was experiencing the apocalypse, they get the typical hellscape, which is the Jets spiraling out of control in the summer. And guess what? Up next, they get the Pirates who are, like, suddenly competent. Yeah,
4: this is this is definitely about Atlanta. Anytime you beat a division rival, three street games, you come back down three. That's big. But I exercise caution. Any energy, energy does not like uh, cockiness, man. So don't get too happy if you're Atlanta.
0: But this new Atlanta team is embracing their cockiness. Do you know what they're having? They're having a Ronald Acuna Jr. chain night. That's what they're having. They're getting cocky. then Swaggy. to Emily Kaplan showed out to a visual daily double fit man summer we'll call it. Look at Luca here. Looking thin, right? And you saw Ben Simmons this week as well looking, looking jacked. It's June 9th. I don't think anyone can dispute that, Justin. But does summer fitness have you believing a change for good?
4: Uh, look, I've got my third eye open here, a skinny Luca. I know Kyrie is going to text LeBron with the caption that says, hey, big head, come on. Yeah,
1: Emily? Yeah, this is a three-pointer that I'm expecting from Ben Simmons. You start the season, random injury, and, oh, wait, look, he looks incredible in a workout video photo. What the,
0: you can't <laughs> knock a guy for getting fit over the summer, Emily Kaplan.
1: <laughs> but you can because it happens every summer.
4: We'll give Justin Tinsley the FaceTime. <laughs> June is Black Music Month, and in D.C., the, the, the scene is on fire. If you haven't already, watch the NPR Tiny Desk from Charlie Wilson and Babyface. On Sunday, the R&B Club is paying homage to Prince, and on Tuesday, Juven- Juvenile will be form- performing for the 25th anniversary of his debut album, 400 Degrees. Here in D.C. <laughs> and you'll be there, I bet, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try my hardest. That's it for today. Tony Mike
0: next. We're on a 71 half hour break.